We'll be right back to the show after this. Been on the fence about adding digital products to your Etsy shop? We put together a free 60-minute workshop teaching you the basics of selling digital products on Etsy and what it's done for our business. We'll give you behind-the-scenes look into our product and marketing strategies and all the tools you need to get started. Sound good? Head over to goldcityventures.com workshop to register for free. That's goldcityventures.com workshop. Enjoy. Friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another week of Crickets to Chichings. My name is Lauren, and this week I am so excited to welcome Janet LeBlanc from Paper and Spark. I cannot wait to dive into this episode. So welcome, Janet. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with y'all. Yeah. So we are going to talk finances today, and this is something that a lot of people really, really struggle with and are super intimidated by. So before we jump in, for people who don't know you, can you just kind of introduce yourself, tell us who you are and how you got started doing what you're doing and what you actually do? Of course, of course. So my name is Janet. I run a business called Paper and Spark. I'm a CPA here in the U.S. And like many entrepreneurs, I kind of had a long and winding journey to get to where I am today. I actually... You know, came fresh out of college with an accounting degree, worked in public accounting, and quickly figured out that the cubicle world was not sparking joy for me. So I started looking for creative outlets to kind of get back to the creative side of my brain. And that led me to um, selling jewelry on Etsy. I started a handmade jewelry shop on Etsy back in 2011. And after doing that for a few years, I kept getting hit on the head with the realization that, you know, a lot of other artists and makers and Etsy sellers out there felt really overwhelmed or confused about the accounting side of running their business. Uh, I ran into a lot of questions about sales taxes, how to pay yourself, how to make sure you're making a profit how to record stuff in your books. And I eventually started Paper and Spark in 2014 to bridge that gap between the creative side of things and the numbers side of things. And that's really why Paper and Spark is here. I don't want confusion about any of the money side of things to hold makers back from making the money that they deserve or feeling good about their business or uh, holding you back from growing and you know achieving your own entrepreneurial dreams. So that's what Paper and Spark is all about. Yeah, I love that because I think that I see in my Facebook group and with students all the time that there's kind of this disconnect between the creative and the business side of it. And it's hard for a lot of people, I think, especially when they're first getting started, like it all seems fun and you know, you're kind of like, Oh, well, but I just love making these products. And I'm just having a good time. But then there comes a point where it's kind of like, this is not sustainable with no money. Right? Yeah, I think that so many makers have probably had that moment at some point in the first few years of selling where 
it's like, oh, this is my creative hobby. This is something that I'm good at and I'm passionate about. And then you kind of get that sucker punch to the gut where you're like, oh, I think I have to deal with taxes or I guess I need to figure out how to make this legit. And then you start looking for resources and there's a lot of confusion and conflicting info out there, unfortunately. Yeah, totally. And it is really overwhelming. I remember that point for myself. (laughs) When somebody has this business that is like starting to make some sales and bring in some money and they're like, all right, what do I do now? Like, where do I go? Where do I start? What would you say in terms of, you know, we're kicking off a new year. It's a good time to kind of get yourself together so that come the end of the year, you can be in a different position. Like what advice would you have for somebody to kind of get that started? There's several like steps that I suggest that you follow, but I think the first two most important like building blocks to consider if you're at that point are to set up a separate banking account for your shop if you haven't done that already, and then set up a bookkeeping system that you actually understand how to use so you can start tracking those transactions. So those two things together, I mean, that's not all that you should do, obviously, but those are two really good starting points, especially at the beginning of the year. Like if you do nothing other than that, like that'll make your life easier come year end because you'll have that place to record those transactions. So Getting the separate business bank account is important. It's not necessarily legally required, depending on what type of business entity you are. But even if it's not for you, it's still just a really good idea. It keeps a cleaner paper trail. It lets you easily know the health of your business. You're not going to accidentally be spending your personal money on your craft supplies, for example. And it's also going to make doing your books a lot easier, no matter what system you choose to use, because you're not going to have to sort through all of those personal transactions to enter your business stuff, right? You'll be able to see just your business stuff. And I think it's something a lot of sellers avoid because we're worried that we're going to have to pay extra fees or it's going to be complicated. But these days, like finally, I think banks have caught up to e-commerce and whatnot. And there are a lot of either free or very economical, even online only banks that you can use these days to open your business bank account. Yeah, that was huge for me personally, was just like you said, being able to separate the personal transactions from the business transactions just allowed it to be so much more organized, even though I didn't really have any idea what I was doing. But just to be able to, you know, I mean, when you're going to the grocery store and going to the gas station, and you have all this stuff in between with your personal transaction, mm-hmm. it's really convoluted. And it, it just adds to that overwhelm of like, oh my gosh, I can't sort through 5000 transactions. Right. No idea. You want to make it as easy as possible for you to update your books. Because if you're like most of us, you're going to want to procrastinate on it. <laughs> no matter what. So the harder you make it for yourself, the more likely you're going to be to give in to that procrastination. Yeah, totally. What are some major mistakes that you see people make with trying to get these things in order and kind of, you know, I guess other than that procrastination, which is probably the biggest one, you know, that you say like, oh, no, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest, most common one is really just 
burying your head in the sand and ignoring it all year until tax time. That's definitely going to be the thing that causes people the most stress. That being said, people do it all the time. So if you've done that to yourself, like no judgment, you're not alone. Don't keep burying it because the longer you wait, obviously the more painful it's going to be. But just not doing it, not picking a bookkeeping system, not separating your business money. Those are generally the biggest mistakes. The the other things are usually related to not fully understanding your tax responsibilities, which also is completely common. There's a lot of confusion out there. And uh, I think just taking the time to get up to speed on, if you're in the US, how sales tax work online and how your shop will be responsible for taxes at income tax time. Not being clear on those two things is something that I see a lot. So just taking the time to get educated on those two topics is also important. But if you have that bookkeeping system set up and you've been tracking your sales and your business expenses all year, then that will make being able to handle things like income taxes for your business at your end a lot, lot easier because you'll at least have the numbers that you need. It's just a question then of like getting educated on where to report them or how to use them, right? Right. Do you have uh, recommendations for how somebody can go about if they're listening to this and they're like, oh, crap, I didn't even know I was supposed to be thinking about sales tax? (laughs) Because for me personally, like when I got to that point that I was like, "Ah, I don't actually think that this is legit and I need some help. I went to a CPA and basically just like gave her access to my account and was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Take care of it. And she did, which was great. But I have since then like taken it back under my control because I found that that was ultimately allowing me to continue to bury my head in the sand in kind of a different way. Like it was like legit burying my head in the sand. So I I was paying what I was supposed to be paying, but I actually had no idea what I was paying because I just let her take care of it. And so it continued to like kind of kick that can down the road where I didn't really have to know what my numbers were. (laughs) Right. So, and for a lot of people, you know, it's cost prohibitive to go to a local CPA and sit down with them. So is this something that people can do on their own? Because I didn't do it that way. I can't really recommend where that starting point is. Right. Well, like shameless self-plug, I have lots of resources on these topics on like my blog, basically at paperandspark.com. So there's articles there kind of introducing you to the topics of how sales tax for e-commerce sellers work, what to expect for income taxes, Since I'm a CPA and a maker, I feel like those are reliable resources for you to get a basic understanding of what you need to know. I think exactly like what you said, sometimes outsourcing this stuff straight off the bat is cost prohibitive. I totally understand if not doing your own or outsourcing your books is something that you want to get to eventually. But I do think that there is definitely some value in understanding all of this stuff yourself from the beginning. You'll feel more confident. And it's really, it's honestly not rocket science. I think accountants kind of like to make things a little mysterious for non-accountants and act like, you know, things are really complicated. 
But especially with the way if you sell on Etsy, how they're handling sales tax for the majority of states now, it's really not as complicated as we make it out to be once you just get that basic understanding of what's going on. So it's a question of finding a trusted resource like Paper and Spark or working with an accountant that you trust, someone who is well-versed in e-commerce and and that sort of thing. Yeah, that has been my experience is that this was something that was so overwhelming to me for so many years where I just felt like almost like panicky. I cannot handle this. Like I can't. And I am a numbers person. Like I love to look at the numbers, but it was like, I can't wrap my head around where I even need to start. But once you kind of dive into it a little bit and just say like, I have to deal with this. <laughs> I can't just ignore it. And I think for me, it kind of came where the the sales and the income were like, I'm really going to be kind of screwed if, if I don't deal with this. Right. Knowing your numbers definitely helps you make more money. So like that is a very positive side effect of taking your head out of the sand and dealing with those numbers, like you almost always will grow your business once you start actively participating and looking at your numbers. Absolutely. I would agree. And I think that I think what you said is so true about once you dive into it, it's not nearly as overwhelming as you feel like it. Right. It's like getting started. That's hard. (laughs) Yes, that's totally. And like you said, a lot of states I know for I'm in North Carolina, but For years, I did the quarterly sales tax, having to calculate it by county, and it was this whole thing. And then in January of 2020, they switched it to where Etsy was remitting that for you. So it's like literally a five-minute process now Mm -hmm. to calculate everything and submit that to the state online. So it's like really not hard at all. (laughs) Right. But it feels good to not be getting those, you know, letters in the mail saying, hello, you haven't done this, right. <laughs> <laughs> which I do get sometimes because I forget about it. But, you know, <laughs> so when somebody is starting to like look into those financials, have you seen that with people? I'm sure you have, but with people that you've worked with where they really have no concept of the numbers of their business and then they kind of get a grasp on it and their business can really take off from there. Oh, yeah. I think that it happens all the time. I mean, it's one of the many reasons why having a good bookkeeping system is really important because I've seen many sellers who it can feel like you're doing well. You know, there's a difference between emotions and facts, right? And that is the good thing about numbers is that they are facts. So it can feel like you're busy. It can feel like you're making lots of sales because you're spending all your time filling all these orders. But then if you haven't been updating your books, and maybe you're finally sitting down to do your taxes, you're like, wow, I made no money this year. Like, where did all those sales go? Then you come to that realization of like, okay, I need to raise my prices. I need to cut back on costs. Like I need to reframe how I'm working some things in this business because I didn't realize all year that I wasn't really making any money. I think a lot of handmade sellers have been there. Because as makers, our costs can be very high. If we're not keeping tabs on that monthly profit, if we're not making sure that we're priced well, we can eat into those sales real quick with all the money that we're spending on quality products and whatnot, right? So I do see a lot of makers come to that realization once they start tracking their numbers better and then pivot from there 
to build something that is truly like long-term and sustainable. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you just told my personal story. (laughs) (laughs) The better, right? Like, right. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say is that I feel like a lot of times with people that I've talked to and students in my programs, they'll say like, I don't want to deal with the numbers because I'm kind of afraid. Like I'm afraid that what's going to happen is that I'm going to look at these numbers and I'm going to look at the overall financial picture of my business and I'm going to realize that I'm actually not making any money. (laughs) And I understand that feeling because I've been there. But if that is the reality of the situation, you need to know it. And to just ignore it because you don't want to face it just means that you're going to spend more time in that place where, I mean, like you said, you're working really hard. It doesn't necessarily mean like, it's not always just businesses that don't have any sales that aren't making any money. There's plenty of businesses that are actually doing a pretty high level of sales and they're still not making any money. Hey guys, I am popping in here to tell you about a super exciting giveaway that I am hosting. I have never done this before and I cannot wait. I am so excited to award this special giveaway prize pack to somebody. This is the ultimate Etsy seller prize pack and it includes my Scale Your Sales program, which is gonna walk you all the way from starting an Etsy shop, getting open through pricing, shipping, branding, strategy, SEO superstars, which is going to go all into your dream customer, your SEO, really optimizing your shop to rock your SEO. It also includes pinning for profits, pin templates, and so, so much more. This giveaway also includes a Rolo printer so that you can print your own labels from home, as well as 500 Rolo labels that come with it. So you can kick off your 2021 with a shipping situation that's gonna run like clockwork. The giveaway finally includes 30 days of Tailwind so that you can really optimize your Pinterest and schedule out all of your posts in advance. This is, like I said, the ultimate Etsy seller prize pack, scale your sales, a Rolo printer, labels, and Tailwind. And the giveaway is starting right now, today, laurenkeplinger.com forward slash giveaway to enter. I cannot wait to award this prize pack to somebody. All right, back to the episode. Right. And I mean, at any point, even if you're one of those newer businesses that's not making a whole lot of sales yet... Tracking those numbers now, even if you only have a handful of sales and knowing your profit margin, like from the beginning, or if those products are priced appropriately from the beginning, like that allows you to grow all the quicker. Like, even if you're only making two sales a month, you want to make sure you're making a profit on those two sales a month, right? So that you can grow and build something that's going to be around for the long term. Yeah, totally. Do you find that people struggle more with like the inventory carrying costs or the pricing or like kind of the mindset of I find that a lot of people are hesitant to pay themselves anything like they have this kind of idea that there should be this time frame that ends up being a really kind of a long time where mm-hmm. they're not making any money and they're just like reinvesting it back into their business but I mean we're talking you know sometimes years that people are doing this where they're just kind of spinning their wheels and not really getting anywhere. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I would preface the discussion by saying 
what you want out of your shop is personal to you. You know, there are some sellers who want to just make what they love and get some of it out of their house. And they don't care if, you know, they're actually able to make money from it. But I challenge everyone who is building a business because that's what we are doing. We're building businesses. You know, you can call it your little shop if you want. But I assume everyone that's listening to your podcast is wanting to build a sustainable, viable business, right? To pay yourself for your hard work. The sooner you are able to pay yourself, the longer your business will last. I think that too many of us, yeah, we fall to that temptation of like, I'm just going to reinvest everything in the business. I'm not going to pay myself for the first one year, two years, however long it lasts, because I want to reinvest everything in the business. And we kind of hoard our cash in there or we end up spending it, right? Because if the money stays in the business and we see it in there, we're going to keep buying things and not necessarily pay ourselves. But yeah, I'm a huge advocate for paying yourself, even if it's a tiny percentage from your business profits. Uh, You want to make sure you're priced appropriately to be able to have that profit margin to pay yourself. I love following profit first principles in my own business to make sure that I'm paying myself consistently, no matter how sales are going. Profit first is a really fun thing to look into for that. But I think that not paying yourself is probably, this is just total conjecture, like the number one reason why most shops eventually close. Even if you're making good sales, if you're not paying yourself, you're going to get burnt out eventually. You're going to get resentful of the time that you're spending in your shop and you're not going to have any financial reward to you know balance that. So I think paying yourself is super important for sure. Yeah, I would agree. And I also would add that a lot of people struggle especially in the early days when you are working kind of disproportionately hard for the amount of money that you're making with having the buy-in from the people around you, like particularly spouses or family members. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is all the more true if you're not paying yourself. (laughs) You know, I know for myself, like my husband's tolerance of how much time I was spending has increased as my income has increased. Right, right. Not that that is the only thing, you know, I talk a lot on the podcast and in my group about meaningful income, because I think that that is what we're looking for. And my meaningful income could be different than your meaningful income. That doesn't have to be, you know, five figures or six figures or any amount of money. It's not really about the quantifiable amount. It's more about what's meaningful to you. But I think even if you do have that, you know, like you said, oh, I just really like to make these products and I like the creative aspect of it. You still want to make sure you're not losing money. Like you're not paying people to take these products that you're spending time making. Exactly. So at any level, I think that the, that financial part is so important. Right. And I think you can have both. I mean, I think that that's the awesome thing about what we're doing. You can work doing what you love. And you can also make money from it. Like you can pay yourself from doing what you love. Right. They're not mutually exclusive. (laughs) And I do see a lot of people that worry about that. Like that somehow the minute that you decide that this is going to be a business and you're actually going to make money from it, then it becomes 
no longer fun. Or like I've had people tell me, you're too focused on the business part. I just want this to be fun. And I'm like, but I mean, I have fun with the business part. So maybe that's a different personality. But, you know, maybe maybe it's more fun for me than it is for other people. I don't know. But I think that they can go together, you know, like I, I still enjoy the craft that I'm making. To me, I know I'm weird because I'm an accountant and I like the business side of things, but I don't think there's anything more fun than being able to make money to support yourself or your family than by doing what you love and making things with your talents, right? There's nothing more fun than that. Right. And I think also that like, once you get a hold of those finances, and you can see, you know, there's so many things about being an entrepreneur or selling online or whatever, that are not quantifiable, like, like mm-hmm. you said, that feeling of like, well, I feel like my shop is going well, I feel like I've done everything I can to make sure it's successful. But the numbers are actually, you know, you can say I made $1,000 this year. And next year, I want to make 1500. And either you do it or you don't. Right. <laughs> you know, that that's a goal setting thing that that's really, I wouldn't say it's easy to achieve your goals always, but it's easy to set those and then to know, like, this is how I've done for the year versus just like, I feel like I've been really busy this year. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I actually have a whole goal setting process that I like to work through all based on what you want your take-home pay goal to be for that time period. So like you set that goal and then you can work backwards from that number to figure out what you need to be doing in your business in order to work towards paying yourself that number. Like that's how important I feel like paying yourself is, is that when you goal set, like don't start with how much you want in sales, start with how much you want to be able to take home and then work backwards from that number. Yeah. I feel like we're kindred spirits because (laughs) I also love this stuff. And I think that that is when the finances have been organized in the business and you're able to have that, although it, it feels like a burden at first, I would say for those of us that aren't like, you know, accountants and familiar with it, but it felt like a burden to me, but ultimately has given me so much more freedom in my business because I'm able to actually look at the numbers to know that I'm making money with the business. And then to eventually, I mean, it took some time to get there, but eventually to get to the point where I actually can rely on that income for my life. It's not just like this extra pocket money that we can't count on. You know, it could build a, a business that's like, sustainable and consistent. Right. Yes. There is definitely power and clarity in knowing the numbers to help you reach that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Janet. And thanks for having this conversation. Where can people find you online if they're looking for some of those resources to get themselves started for 2021 and kick off the year right? I have got a bunch of free resources, a get legit checklist if you're working on getting those financial ducks in a row. And I also have bookkeeping templates and spreadsheets all available at paperandspark.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now.